The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's time for Thriller Thursdays here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. The Hawk Chronicles follow the adventures of Detective Kate Hawk, who went from a Baltimore police detective to intergalactic investigator, from fighting crime on the streets to crime in the stars. And now, episode 170, Dinner for Two. Play that line again. Once you're sure the welcome mat hasn't moved, let me know. Not only for whom, Lenora, but moved. Moved where? Something portable. Something that can easily be moved. And why is it called a welcome mat? Maybe it's something local. You think our New York office would have a better idea? It certainly doesn't hurt to ask. I still have a link up to Detective Jocko. Detective Jocko, this is Pierman. Yeah, go for Jocko. I'm here with Special Agent Hawk and Proby Lenora. We're analyzing Louis' phone call. What's your take on Hank's comment about a moving welcome mat? We're kicking around ideas here about that. It is possible Hank is coming here, or maybe a third party. We don't think so. Our agents in Houston have been keeping a close watch on Hank. We think he's identified a target, so I don't think he'd be leaving. Has Nelson or Kelly commented on it yet? No, they just wanted to make sure that your Houston crew got a copy of the recording and that they'll contact you as soon as they have something. And what is their status now? Louise on foot, in Flushing Meadows. Kelly and Nelson are following him. Following him? On foot? I didn't think they'd be getting that close. After all, Louise saw Kelly and me at the cafe. Not to worry. She has a disguise and they're posing as lovers on a stroll in the park. Oh, what I would give to have a picture of that. Their latest report is that Louis is walking around one of the pavilion observation towers, which is part of our Northeast Corridor STIP transfer units. That's interesting, because Hank has been scouting the Southwest transfer unit. If both of these were taken out, it would cripple the IDF. Tell them to proceed with extreme caution and watch out for big bugs. Yeah, I know. Alien roaches. That joke's getting a little old. It's like walking up to Don Adams in a restaurant and taking his shoe off and saying, I think it's for you. Don't worry, I'll keep you in the loop. Thank you. Pierman Clear. You'll have to explain that roach thing to me sometime. And the shoe thing, too. Are you familiar with the Northeast Corridor Transfer Point? Yeah, it's the same thing as Martin State. I didn't know that it was the park, though. Are those towers the stiff? No, much like Martin State and Houston, they lead to the facility. So what's next for me? You said I'd be assisting Agent Hawk here. As a probationary agent, you'll be assigned to Agent Hawk for training. When she conducts IDF business, you'll accompany her and learn from her. How long will this probationary period last? Generally, it's six months. 
But after talking it over with Mr. Pierman, we decided to leave that up to me. I see. So my fate will be in your hands. Lenora, let me assure you that I will be objective and fair. If you graduated first at Quantico, I have no doubt that you'll pick up things very quickly. Kate will be reporting to me, and if there's anything that needs addressing, I'll go over it with you. So when do we start? You'll be going back to the IDF safe house we have downtown. We'll be analyzing anything that comes in from Nelson and Kelly, and also from Houston. Then let's not just stand here talking. It's time to get to work. That's the third drive through those two have gone through. They'll have to find a bin for all that rubbish they've been collecting. They are certainly keeping to the tradition of not talking while eating. We're not going to learn anything except the condiments each of them prefer. I think it's all of them. I believe you're right. Well, that was quite tasty. There's a really good chicken place around the corner. I think some retired officer owns it. The chicken comes from Kentucky. That sounds delicious. But I think I'm going to my favorite restaurant for a large prime rib. I want to thank you for this helpful instruction. I believe I have the hang of this now. I'll take you back to your personal conveyance vehicle. That is what you wish, but I have a lot more useful information I can pass along. That's quite all right, Sam. You've been most helpful. But if I am to ever attain the heights of adoration like you, I must continue with my mission. I understand, Hank. It's always mission first. I suppose I'll stay a little while in the area before moving on. I'll listen out for the big commotion. I always enjoy a good explosion and chaos. I hate to disappoint you, friend, but there won't be an explosion or much chaos either. Really? Uh, I was looking forward to the smell of a good explosion. So if there won't be one and there won't be any local chaos, your target must be strictly IDF. I have said too much. No need to worry, friend. I've been in your situation many times. No mission too difficult. No sacrifice too great. Duty first. I'm glad you understand. Now I shall return you to your vehicle. Pity he couldn't get more out of him. But we know much more than we did before. We know that the target is most definitely not the Internet Hub. That leaves the power plant at the university. And since Hank insinuated that there wouldn't be any public disruption, we can rule out the physical attack on the plant. Call Detective Garrett. Tony Simon here. We are concluding our undercover operation. What happened? I know those two didn't finish eating already. Apparently Hank is satisfied with what help Sam can give him. He wanted to continue on his own without Sam. Were you able to get any information we can use? I believe so. He hinted to Sam that the general public wouldn't be aware of anything going wrong, suggesting that it is direct hit on IDF. So we can pretty much rule out the internet hubs up north. If it's an IDF target, then the power plant is the only logical target. Jameson and I came to the same conclusion. Captain Richards is finalizing her arson case. I'll pass this along to her. I'm sure she'll want to discuss this with you soon. Is Sam heading back? I believe he's headed to Fort Worth for a big stake. <laughs> now, if Agent Simon had said that, I'd be worried. Well, there you go, Jameson. You've lost your credibility. Really? 
I never knew I had any to begin with. Don't worry, Jameson. I get that from Captain Richards all the time, especially before I made detective. Let's all meet up when you arrive back at our op center. Will do. Here they come now. I didn't hear any kind of exchange between them on the ride back. Sam was probably too busy finishing off a large order of fries. Meet us back at the operations center. I'd like to make a stop before we do that. Let me guess. Some place where chicken comes in a bucket? That should all be over. I think it's important to support local veterans. Doesn't he realize that the colonel was just name branding? I doubt it. All right. But try not to leave a mess in the car. Not a problem. I have a whole case of handy wipes with me. Mercury, deep space dip calling. Over. Barnsey, is that you? Switch to open channel two. Open in channel two, you got me? Like you're right here on the bridge. How's your trip? Well, floating weightless for a couple of days with not much to do, no windows or radio reception. Nah, this is rather boring. Radio? Your people still use radios? And televisions and mobile phones and digital data. Yeah, I forgot you guys are still stuck in the binary age. So what's your ETA? 15 binary age minutes. Say, so what's going on there? The last update I had, Joffre and Gabby were delivering a package to your suspected doctor. We think Dr. D figured out she was IDF, gave her a knockout drug, and kept her there overnight. The party line story was that she was exposed to a bioagent and had to be quarantined. Of course, that was a lie. We figured he couldn't dispose of her permanently because too many people knew she was there. Now, what's this about Bella? What's she trying to do now? She's trying to squirm her way into our operations so she can free Wi-Fi. Now, what in the world can she do for your team? Since she was on Joe Mac's ship and lowered Wi-Fi on board, she has close ties to Dr. D and says she can deliver them. She also claims to know where Joe Mac's ship is. Yeah, claims is the operative word. You know she can't be trusted. Now, what about this Joe Mac guy? He's a freighter captain. His ship was taken by Bella and Dr. D. He's from your planet. A place called Australia, I believe. Well, that's interesting. And <laughs> you thought my accent was bad. <laughs> yeah, he uses words not even in my translator. He's an okay guy. His main concern's getting his ship back. He doesn't know Bella like we do. I'm afraid he might fall for one of her tricks. Yeah, and she's got a bag full of them. So I take it you're coming here to do some scanning to locate Wi-Fi or pick up some of Dr. D's transmissions? Yeah, more or less. Pyramid wants me at Jaffa's disposal to help out any way I can. I'm coming up on the stip pad for landing real soon. All right, I'm on my way to pick you up. All right, roger that. I'll see you in a few. Officer Nelson, Miss Merritt, welcome to the precinct. Thank you. Glad to finally meet you in person. Same here. Come into my office where we could talk. Wow, you have an office? For now, it's actually our war room. Here, have a seat, Agent Nelson. Agent Merritt. Sorry about that gritting out there, but there are too many non-IDF ears out there. Not a problem. Agent Merritt, may I call you Kelly? Sure, please do. I'm not used to Agent Merritt yet. In fact, I may not even answer to that. You don't need to use a first name for me. Nelson is fine. Yeah, I read your file there, Carol. I can see why. So... 
Our suspect just poked around? Uh, yes. He concentrated on one of the towers like he was looking for an entrance. That thing is well hidden. He'd have to have access to some intel to know where it was. He and his counterpart, Hank, have been taking directions from Heinrich von Langer. I was reading his file. Kelly, your sister must have had a hard time on that case, since Barnes was still unaware of the IDF. Yes, she did, and I can certainly identify with Jim. I was oblivious to the IDF up until just recently. Yeah, I understand that you managed to take Stip to Pierman's warehouse. I'd love to have seen his face when you exited onto his landing pad. It was priceless. My dad was there, too. I understand he just retired. Finally, he's found a nice place out in Colorado. So, uh, Detective Jocko, uh, what's our next step? Right now, that's up to Louie. He's on another meal run. I got a man tailing him. If Louie's hungry, it could be a while before he makes his next move. Let's see if we can find any similarities between Louie and Hank. Well, the most obvious is that both possible targets center around stip transfer points. From what we gathered from Hank and Sam's conversation, there doesn't seem to be any mass destruction involved in the Houston target. Yeah, that's puzzling, since the man they're getting their instructions from wanted to destroy all the stips on his side. I would guess that Louie's target doesn't involve destruction either. Why would you say that? Well, because mass confusion and panic. Remember 9-11? Remember? Kelly, that's something you'll never have to ask a New Yorker who was there. But I think I see what you're getting at. One tower gets hit, it's a terrible accident. Second tower gets hit, New York is under attack. Then the Pentagon, the one in Pennsylvania. Then the United States is under attack. Massive simultaneous explosions in two different cities would cause a lot of panic. So it stands to reason that if there won't be any noticeable attack in Houston, there most likely won't be anything in New York. Sounds logical to me. So if they're not going to blow anything up, what are these two clowns up to? Got to be something to do with the welcome mat and not moving it. Uh, That's probably just another code they're using. I mean, it can't be literal. I didn't see a welcome mat anywhere. I think it's time we get some collective thoughts on this. Northeast Precinct, Garrett. Hey, Detective Garrett, this is Detective Jocko at the Queens Task Force. I'm here with Agent Nelson and Proby Merritt. We've been discussing the Hongen phone call and would like to compare notes with you. That's perfect timing. The Houston Task Force just rolled in and so did Captain Richards. I'll put you on speaker. It's the Queen's Task Force. They want to discuss the phone call. Okay, got you on speaker. Rich, is that you? Hey, Tracy, been a while. I haven't talked to you since St. Louis. How you making out there in Houston? Great. I think it's ironic that we both end up getting reassigned to our hometown. So what do you guys make of this last call? We've been kicking around some ideas but we're focusing on the welcome that comment. Well, since Hank seems to have made it clear that the general public won't even know something happened, we're guessing that it will be the same here. This is Agent Simon. We come to the same conclusion. A simultaneous attack would be more effective than just one. That's why we think the welcome mat comment is the key to their op. Well, that makes sense, but why would you move a welcome mat? If they're being literal, That would mean that a door would also have to move. In that case, since we're talking about doors, the only doors they have in common are the stip heads. That could indicate a change in venue. 
Maybe these snip pads were the initial targets, and Hank is asking Louis to check that the target is still the same, or if it has moved. Of course, we're looking at it as if it really is a doormat. Maybe it represents something else. Well, Miss Merritt, if you're talking about idioms, the only other one I know is that welcome mat can be an unsightly hair on the lower back. And I don't think it's that. Yeah, I think we can rule that one out. I don't know about the rest of you, but when I hear welcome mat, it's usually something like roll out the welcome mat, meaning only one thing. Yes, you're expecting guests. Well, who would they be expecting? To me. Oh, sorry, Tracy. Go ahead. I was just going to say, to me, the only guest they could have, assuming they're friendlies, is Rage. And that was my thought, too. I can only think of one group that would be welcomed, and that would be Rage. What about other Hollands? Perhaps there's a broader picture we aren't seeing. Perhaps it will require more mercenaries to complete the job. That's a scary thought, Agent Simon. If more mercenaries are coming, then there are a lot more targets. Ah, it all makes sense to me now. How so? Well, Kate told me that after they arrested Von Langer, he told her he was going to destroy all the stip units in the world. As he has been directing Hank and Louis all along. I hope we're wrong. I'm going to call Pierman and run all this by him. In the meantime, I suggest we all keep close tabs on our two Hangen friends. Hopefully, they'll give us more to go on. Agreed. You keep us in the loop with Louis' phone and we'll do the same. Hopefully, we can stop this before it has a chance to get started. Barnsey, welcome to Cali. Stand by while I sweep the area. Standing by. Area's clear. Stand by for egress. Still standing by. You are cleared for egress. Door opening. Hey, Nate, good to see you again. <laughs> I see you still practice that strange custom of holding people with both arms around them and hitting them on the back. I'll civilize you yet. Uh, whoa, sorry. I'm a little wobbly. I haven't got my gravity legs yet. That's why I brought the electric cart. My ship's right over there. Ah, the Mercury. How many times did you almost lose her? More than I care to remember. But since then, she's been upgraded. I can outrun any ship in the IDF fleet. Really? Now, you're, you're not still having to run from the IDF, are you? Nah, after Galaza, I don't need to monitor units like before. In fact, I work for them now. I heard. So what about the crew you have for right now? All deputized bounty hunters? Joffre's a full-time bounty hunter. If I was a fugitive and saw him coming... I had to rest and cuff myself. Yeah, I heard about him at Scully's one night. What can you tell me about the other two? Tam Fielder's the captain of the Ulysses, which is presently in dry dock for upgrades. Her pilot goes by the name of Gabby. I take it she's a talker. You might say that. She's the pilot of the Ulysses. Right now, she's my pilot. Now, what happened to Sheena again? Rick wanted to try his luck in another part of the galaxy. Sheena went with him. After her, I picked up Tika. Unfortunately... She had some family issues to attend to, so Gabby's filling in. You know, it seems like you have a thing for female pilots there, Nate, my boy. Let's face it. It's been my experience that females make better pilots. They don't take unnecessary chances. 
no what you might call macho moves. I can see that. Now, speaking of females... Really? You're going to credit her with being a female? I assume you're talking about Bella. The one and only. You really think she's going to help you, especially after all the things she's done to us? Like it or not, she's not part of the doctor's inner circle. She just wants Wi-Fi back. I think she'll do anything to free him, even help us. Here we go. You're back on the Mercury. Trying to get my land legs back. Well, the interior hasn't changed much. You still have the pool table? Oh yeah, I also snagged a table tennis set. I set it right on top of the pool table. You should try playing in zero-g sometime. Everybody's in the rec room here. Everyone, I'd like you to meet Agent Jim Barnes. We fought together in Galaza and captured Lister. I uh, just stayed nice and safe in a cave while the bombs led the raid on the mining base. I'm Jaffra. Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure's all mine. I heard about you at Scully's one night. A nice little out-of-the-way place. Were you in Boldebar for IDF training? Yeah, the whole IDF and extraterrestrial thing was all new to me. Well, let me introduce you to a couple of your terrestrial friends, then. This is Captain Tam Fielder. The captain of the Ulysses, right? Agent Barnes. And I take it you're the pilot, Gabby. It's a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Barnes. Please, call me Jim. Mr. Barnes was my father. Well, let's hope he was. So, what's your mission here? Well, I'm at Jaffer's disposal. I was shot in the head not too long ago. Doctors at Alternate Earth's Mayo Clinic put a circuit board in my brain. When I woke up, I realized I wasn't in my own world but another. And that's when Kate explained everything to me. Well, that's a heck of a way to find out about the IDF. What do these circuit boards do? They're all biometrically enhanced. You know, over the course of time, my own neurological past will integrate with its circuits. Huh. So, you're like Wi-Fi 2.0. It really came in handy when Wi-Fi raided Boldabar. We were in the cafeteria when all the security cage doors dropped and locked us in. Jim figured out the frequency and opened the doors after turning on the TV in a microwave. That could be handy. No fumbling for the garage door opener. Well, you know, I hope to put it to better use other than open up electronically locked doors. Nate, you told me about Joe Mac? Yeah, he's... <laughs> he's right here. What? Well, what am I missing? This is Agent Jim Barnes, who likes to be called Jim. <laughs> well, g'day there, Agent Barnes, who likes to be called Jim. G'day, mate. <laughs> Don't even try, mate. You sound more like a bogan than a Bruce. Now that we have the full team assembled, minus Bella, we need to formulate our next move. I told you I could always go back to the hospital and say I wasn't feeling well. And I told you that's a bad idea. We know he's identified you as IDF. You wouldn't be safe. And I'm sure he'd guard against you getting too close to Wi-Fi. I'm in total agreement with Jaffra. Jim, you are a fresh face here. Do you see something we're missing? I think you could start with me. <laughs> At least we know he's not modest. Okay, James, I'll bite. What is it we're missing? I'm dying to know. Well, you weren't too far off when you said uh, Wi-Fi 2.0. I have essentially the same capabilities as he does, but 
I'm not as well developed in the neuron path. I see what you mean. You should be able to hone in on his brain signals. What sort of distance do you need? Well, brain activity doesn't travel that far. What I'd be scanning for disturbances in the Force. Uh, we come from the same planet, Jim. You might want to explain that one. Yeah. What's Obi-Wan got to do with it? What are you three babbling on about? It's a movie reference, remember? I showed you one on the trip here. Yeah, if you ever want a good laugh, this movie's great. Movies aside, what do you mean by disturbance? Every wireless signal operates within a certain wave frequency. When Wi-Fi tries to manipulate one, it disturbs that wave. You get a static or a loss of signal, or even different frequency squeals. So you're just going to walk around and scan frequencies, listening for squeals? Not here, but the hospital. No one knows me there but Wi-Fi and Bella. And if Bella wants to free him, I don't think she'll give me away. I still think I should go, too. I know the layout. Jim could be taking me because I'm ill. How many times do I have to tell you? No! Probably a lot more. Gabby, let's go with Jim's suggestion first. Maybe he can pick something up. Well, a hospital's a good place for it. You're quite the comedian, aren't you? <laughs> I promise I'll be careful. Ah! Ow! Barnsey, what is it? What happened? It's a high-frequency squeal. There's wireless interference. Oh! What is Barnes detecting? Will the Houston and Queens crew figure out what is meant by moving the welcome mat? And how will Lenora fit in? Find out in the next episode of the Hawk Chronicles. Nothing to squeal about. Governments throughout the world have been working around the clock to get more information about just how this event that we call the incident actually occurred. We're all just trying to have a nice family. Whoa! What, what was that? We recently discovered evidence that all of this, the incident, the pulse, word Nisha, was from a shadowy group that calls itself Cypher. We must maintain our power at all costs! The crisis is real. There's only one demographic who remained unaffected. Who? Kids. Ah! 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 Alright, let's see what this baby can do! They're stealing the whole dark castle! But Kubo's were gonna die! Season 1, available now.